believe that today? Do you believe it today? It's on Christ, the solid rock we stand. Thank you, God. Friends, you need to hear that today. I don't know how you started the year, but you need to be reminded again that you stand on a solid rock. That when everything around you is, is, is sinking sand, everything we depend on that seems to be failing us, today we can stand on this reality that Jesus is the rock that we can build our life on. Amen? Come on, guys. Let's get excited for the Lord today. Woo. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Let's pray together. God, we thank you. We thank you for your presence here today. Lord, there is such a powerful presence of your spirit here today. We just want to stay in that moment for just a moment. Just a second. Just a second. Come on. Holy Spirit, would you speak? Jesus. There's some people in here that are barely hanging on. I mean, you are barely hanging on. You have been praying and seeking and asking God for help for some kind of breakthrough that literally some kind of miracle and you're at a point that if he doesn't show up that there's a part of you that wants to walk away because you're not sure you're not sure if he's true if his word is true and I just want to say to you today, the rock of salvation, Jesus, is here. And there is a word that God wants to impart into your heart today. If you would simply open yourself up to the possibility that the God that you're about to give up on is faithful. Because so often in our lives, we give up right before the breakthrough. The enemy wants you to give up today. And I'm asking you not to quit. That you would be open and ready to receive the impartation of God's word, God's promises, God's power. As you connect your faith with a God that is more than able. We invite you, Holy Spirit, here. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, as you sit down, say to your neighbor, get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on, get ready, get ready. Guys, here's the deal. If you weren't in the first service, because uh, you're in the second service, or some of you that, some of you that came back for more, some of you came back for more. Um, I'm just telling you, the Lord has a word for us today. And uh, I am so excited to introduce some people to you in just a moment. Um, but before I do, I want to give some honor where honor is due. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but as a church, we are a part of something called the Next Level Relational Network. And that network is overseen by apostolic leaders for us called Pastor Matt and Pastor Sarah Keller, who pastor a church in Fort Myers, Florida called Next Level Church. And guys, I'm just telling you, they are amazing. They are people of God. They have created a network to ensure that pastors around this country and in this world are living healthy lives with high-impact type ministries. Because how many of us know that we need healthy pastors? We just do. We need healthy pastors to shepherd the people of God. And they, my friends, are committed to this. And at the same time, whatever your context is, they're committed to making sure that the church is effective in reaching the people in that particular community or whatever God's reach is for that church. And I, I just tell you, Gretchen and I are so thankful to be a part of a network that's so life-giving, that's so committed to health 
and high impact, and it's just good. And so I want to give honor there, and there's a reason for that, because without Pastor Matt and Pastor Sarah Keller, uh, we wouldn't know Pastor David and Kristen. We wouldn't have any idea who they are. You know, we would have walked through the airport and probably just passed them and not even said hello. But because of the network, we've been able to interact with people all over this country. And guys, I'm just telling you, our life is better. Our life is blessed. We have friends. Come on. How many of you know you need some friends? And so I am just so, so honored to introduce to you somebody. Uh, his name is Pastor David Stalker. And uh, I'm not going to give his whole resume to you. Uh, but I do want to introduce you to him because he has been such a blessing to us. Uh, he is doing fabulous work in Miami. Uh, anybody from Miami in here? Yeah. Yes. Thank you. In Jesus' name. For all you people in Miami, we're so excited that you're tuning in today. Um, but would you mind giving a warm welcome to Pastor David Stalker? Come on. How you doing today? Come on. Thank you so much. I, I, I just want to say, Kristen and I have been so blessed by you uh, this weekend. Uh, this will be my sixth time preaching. So <laughs> so after today, you, you know my whole life, just about, well, a little bit not, but um, we are just so blessed by you. And um, you know, I know many times when you have someone come in to preach and to be at the conference, um, you know, you've brought us in to be a blessing to your church. But I, I just want to say, um, equally, if not more, we have been blessed by you. And we, uh, we have been refilled, which is rare because after preaching six times, I just want to go find a hammock somewhere and uh, just, you know, on the beach. But um, we are leaving refueled and refilled. And a big part of that is is your pastors. And I love you too so much. We love you too. And don't you love your pastors? Come on. You have two of the best pastors on the planet. And I don't say that. When I just go preach, I don't say that everywhere I go. I promise you. Um, and, and I don't... I don't want friends just of any pastor either. And that's not like, um, it's not a snobbish thing to say. It's just that you've got to find people who carry the same thing that you carry. And um, not all pastors are healthy. As you know, you talked about Pastor Matt Keller and Sarah, who we love and we honor. Um, not all pastors are healthy. Because how many of you know ministry, ministry can be very difficult. And it pulls a lot. And, and until you've been in that, you, you don't really know. And so I'm thankful that your pastors are healthy shepherds. Come on. And they love you. They love you. They genuinely love you. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do. Make sure your pastors stay healthy. Come on. Don't wear them out. What do you mean by that, pastor? If you hear they're on vacation, encourage them to take another week. I mean it. I mean it. Because here's the thing. If they are leading on empty, which they're not, but if they lead, if we wear our leaders out to where they lead on empty, then what you're getting is not all that God wants you to have. But if we encourage our leaders to refresh and refuel and re-engage in vision and, and be able to rest... Come on, they come back with a greater anointing and a greater breakthrough for you and your family and for this city. Amen? So I, I want to say thank you to Pastor Matt and Sarah for encouraging us to be healthy leaders so that we have high impact. And we just love you all. And Caleb, my goodness, man of God. Come on, this, this young man has an anointing on your life, man. And we see that. And I've told you that privately, but I want to say that publicly that you're, there's an anointing on your life. And this year, it's going to explode at a greater measure. So I, I really want you just to encourage and admonish the anointing and the calling on the next generation. And we don't, we don't think, oh, well, he's just a young guy. He does not marry. He doesn't know. No, no, no. God, God's anointing is on this young man. So there's going to be expressions and times for you to preach. And when you do, preach with boldness because God's going to anoint your lips. Come on. Are you ready for God's word today? Oh, man, I, I feel like God has saved the best for last. I'm not even tired. Y'all better buckle up. Come on. Mark chapter 9, verse 25. I feel like we're at home. 
I want to say hey to everyone who's watching from Miami, everyone who will watch. My parents are watching. Love you and honor you. Mark chapter 9 verse 25 says this. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said. I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Man, that's a strong verse out of the gates, isn't it? Pastor, are we talking about demon possession on a Sunday morning? <laughs> Let me give you some context, because no, we're not going to get spooky and weird today, okay? Not that it is, but we're not going to go there today. Jesus is walking through the city, and there's a man who has a son who is demon-possessed. We don't know how he got there. We don't know what happened that this happened, but he's a young boy, and these demons would literally take over his body, Scripture tells us, and would cause him to have convulsions, would cause him to have seizures. In fact, these demons wanted to kill this young man. Scripture says at one point, the demonic activity caused this boy to throw himself into a fire. How many of you know the enemy's objective is to steal, kill, and destroy? chances are this young man had a great calling on his life and the enemy knew it and tried to abort that calling before it had a chance to grow and so the father brings his son to the disciples and asks the disciples can you pray for my son that he'll be delivered because I've heard if I can bring my problems to church if I can just get to church my joy can be restored if I can just get to church, my family can be restored. If I can just get to church, I, I, can, I can find peace. And so that's what this man did. If I can get to the disciples, uh, he, he can be healed and he can be delivered, delivered. And so Scripture says that this man with this son brings his son to the disciples, but the disciples cannot heal him. The disciples cannot deliver him. The disciples pray for him, but things got worse. Now watch what happens. Jesus shows up. And Jesus commands the spirit to leave. And in verse number 26, then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and then left him. The boy appeared to be dead. You ever had faith in something and it went from bad to worse? Come on, you ever like thought, you know what, I I'm going I'm to start tithing. And then you start tithing and then you get a flat tire and you're like, thanks God. You, you pray you pray to be healed and then you go from bad to worse you ever been there where you're like okay i'm going to give god a chance in 2023 and then all hell breaks loose against your family you see when things go from bad to worse when you're putting your faith in god that is an indication that the enemy has shown his hand Oh, when you pray and you have faith and things begin to disrupt in your life, you better know you have agitated hell because that means you are on the right track for a breakthrough. Is there anybody here today that you're believing God for a breakthrough in 2023? Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I want a breakthrough. Look at your other neighbor and say, you too. Now, if there's nobody sitting next to you, you need to cozy up next to somebody because we're family up in here. Look what happened. Look, 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 look. The boy appeared to be dead, and even the crowd said, oh, yeah, look at your, your God. The boy is dead. But Jesus, but Jesus, but Je sometimes we give up just before the but Jesus. Mm. I've been praying. I can't pray no more. But Jesus is about to come through. But Jesus is about to do the miracle. Anybody need a miracle in your life? Come on, let me see your hand. Wave your hand in the air like you just don't care. Come on. Look what happens. But Jesus took the boy by the hand, helped him to his feet, and he stood up. And afterwards, when Jesus was alone at the house with disciples, they were frustrated. They were confused. Why couldn't we cast out this evil spirit? You said we would have the same power that you would, Jesus, to raise the dead. And Jesus replied, this kind can only be cast out with prayer and with fasting. Jesus, today, we need your anointing. I pray that I would get out of the way. 
that your people would not hear this voice of a pastor from Miami. They would not hear this voice. They would hear your voice. So, Lord, anoint your word in a fresh way today. Lord, your word is already anointed. And so, God, as I open my mouth, I pray you would fill my mouth with your words to communicate your word in its entirety, in its purity. In Jesus' mighty name, somebody said amen and amen. Amen. What, what do we do with unanswered prayers? You ever had a prayer and you prayed it, but it wasn't answered? Come on, anybody, be honest. Don't lie in church. Come on. If you lie, you fry in church. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to lie. Like, come on, anybody ever prayed a prayer that was unanswered? Let me see your hand. Come on, my, my hand is up. My, my hand is up. Um, it, it's so funny because um, I, I pray this particular prayer in Miami often um, because it's, it's, it's relevant in Miami. Um, I pray for parking spaces in Miami. We went to dinner last night at a barbecue place, uh, Sugar Fire. St. Louis has the best barbecue I've ever had. Come on, St. Louis. Come on, St. Louis. Come on. K Kansas, what? I mean, I mean, it was so good. And we had this thing called a muddy slider, this mud digger. What was that called? Big Muddy, a Big Muddy, and like they put every kind of barbecue sauce you can imagine on this thing, and it was a hot mess on the plate. I don't even know why I'm talking about food. It has nothing to do with parking, except for we show up at dinner time, and there's so much parking, and there's tons of people there, but there's just so much property and so much land here. In Miami, if you find a good parking space, you know you're anointed. Because for me, a good parking space is about a quarter of a mile from the front door. But I am married to a woman of God. And I have never seen favor on a human being like I have seen on my wife. Because we will go to like a mall or a grocery center and every parking space is filled. And I will find a parking space. And I feel like I've got favor if I just find something that's, you know, a quarter of a mile away. And I'll go to turn into the parking space and Kristen will say, baby, we're not close enough. And I'm like, baby, this is a good parking spot. We found one. There's other people that can't even find one. She goes, go closer to the door. She's real gentle and just, she goes, baby, go closer to the door. And I'm like, oh, okay, man of God, man of faith, you know. Okay, so we, we, we pass the open parking space that's perfect for our car. And we pass it, and then I begin to hear her pray. Lord, I thank you. She puts her little hand up. I thank you for your favor. And you're going to give us a parking space right next to the front door. And me as a man of faith, I'm like, yeah, we should have taken that parking space over there. And I'm telling you, we will drive and we will get to the front door. And the other day, we were looking for a parking space. We get to the front door and I said, babe, there's no parking space. We should have taken it. All of a sudden, boom, reverse lights came on. And she just goes, see, babe, you just got to have a little bit of faith. <laughs> I'm like, don't preach to me, woman. I'm the pastor. I'm just kidding. I don't say that. I don't see that. I don't say that. I don't say that. And, uh, and so we pull in. And it's amazing to me because she will pray for a parking space and she will, she will get it. And it's so interesting because I will pray for a parking space and the same thing doesn't happen. So I begin to be like, God, I want that anointing on my life like my wife. But there are bigger things that we pray for. Like, God, I need a miracle in my body. Why haven't you done it yet? God, I need you to change my husband. I need you to heal our family. I need you to heal the, the offense in our, our family, the division in our family. Why haven't you done it yet? God, I, I need you to restore the peace in my mind. Why am I still not filled with joy? Lord, I need you to break this addiction in my life. Why am I still struggling with this? God, I'm tired of struggling, struggling financially. It's been a curse in our family for generations. When will it end? God, when will you come through? What do we do with unanswered prayers? This is a big issue in the kingdom of God because many of us have prayed prayers and we haven't had the answers to them and we don't understand why. And because we don't understand why, what we do is we don't want to turn our back on God because we know that God is real. So then we begin to lessen the intensity of our prayers. I don't want to believe God for big things anymore because I'm tired of being disappointed and I don't understand and I can't find the reason why on YouTube or Google. So God, instead of being disappointed in my faith, I'm going to live a safe faith, a normal faith. I'm not going to have a, a hyper faith and a big faith because I don't want to be disappointed. So I'm just going to trust you for 
give me this day my daily bread, but nothing else. What do we do with unanswered prayers? I have found that we begin to make excuses for God for why he hasn't answered our prayers. Would you write some of these down real quick? you have any note takers in the house today? Come on, I believe that note takers are world changers. Why? Why is that? Because you're, you may not need this today, but you may need it tomorrow. And now you'll have some notes to go back to. So come on, note takers are world changers. Come on. Hey, here's some of the reasons why we think God hasn't answered our prayers is maybe I haven't done enough for God. I haven't invited enough people to church. That's why God's not answering my prayers. I haven't given enough. I haven't served enough. Or maybe we think, if I do enough right things, that God will give me access to top shelf miracles. Maybe if I do enough things, maybe if I read my Bible enough, one hour a day isn't enough, so maybe two hours a day. Maybe praying 30 minutes a day is less, so I need to pray an hour a day. Maybe if I do enough things, which can I tell you that God is not a performance-driven God. God is not impressed by your performance. God's not looking for you to do more things. He's not looking for you to check something off of your faith box. God is not a transactional God. If you do this for me, human, I'll do something for you as your God. But many times we look at God as a transactional God because many of our relationships are transactional on earth. Or maybe we just feel like God has said no. Now, there are some prayers that you may pray that God will say no to. Like, chances are, if you prayed today, that God would give you a Ferrari. God's probably not going to give you a Ferrari today. But there are many prayers. Can I just say, probably most of the prayers, if not all the prayers that you've prayed, that you've not seen the miracle happen yet, it's not because God said no. Can I prove it to you? Come on, someone say prove it, Pastor. Come on, you're getting quiet on me. Come on, preach back. Say amen. Come on, say amen. Working out. I, I'm used to a preach back. The 9 a.m. just preached me down. I couldn't, I couldn't even stand. I was like, oh my gosh. Psalm 37, verse 4, I'm going to prove it to you. It says this, delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you what? Your heart's desires, the desires of your heart. Does anybody here believe in the Word of God? Come on, let me ask that again. Is there anybody, a man, a woman, a teenager, a child in this room, that you believe all of the Word of God? I mean, I believe all the word. I believe every word in the word of God is true. If that is true, then we have to stand on this word. That God wants to give you all the desires of your heart. That's not just theology. That is the word of God, y'all. All the desires of your heart. Well, if that is true, then why haven't I seen it happen? Number one, write this down. I've got three points for you. Just three. I had 21. But Pastor Daniel said I can't go that long. Number one, write this down. Just because it didn't happen does not mean that God said no. Mm. Mark chapter 9, this man brings his son to church. I expected him to get healed, and it didn't happen. Think about it for a minute. Imagine if this man had gone home before Jesus showed up. The disciples prayed. His son got worse. This is the place where many people begin to doubt God. This is the place, come on, we're at the beginning of the new year. We've got big hopes, big prayers, big goals, big ambitions. But around February, when we don't see God do the things that we thought he was going to do this year, because how many of you know we've got 12 months in a year, but we want God to do it in 12 days? This is where the enemy begins to attack your mind with doubt. Oh, your God doesn't love you? And then you'll hear a testimony video of somebody else. God gave me a promotion. God gave me, And then we get cynical of other Christians who are getting blessed. Oh, I guess God doesn't love me. Look at them up there on that screen, all happy and blessed. Their marriage restored. Their children are blessed. Everything happy. 
And then we come to church and like walk in the church. Everyone's smiling. Hey, welcome to Elevation Church. This is the friendliest church I've ever seen, y'all. Y'all got it down. Y'all are good. Y'all are good. And then, because we don't want to be like the cranky person at church, we'll throw on a fake smile. Hey, God bless you too. How you doing today? I'm too blessed to be stressed. And inside you're like. And what happens is this man brings his son to the church. Things get worse. Why would I serve a God who doesn't have compassion for a small child? This is where a lot of people in the world get hung up. Why would I give my life to a God who would let a child suffer? But that's not the God we serve. That's not the God we serve. God's will is not for suffering. Imagine if this man left before Jesus showed up. Imagine he could have been offended at God. He could have been just, all right, I'm not going to have faith to believe in big miracles. I'm going to believe in God, but I'm not going to believe in miracles. Or even just, I don't believe in God anymore. I'm going to be an atheist because I don't believe in that kind of a God. Imagine what would have happened. But the minute Jesus showed up, oh, I thank God for this father. Because he was persistent. He didn't let the enemy lie to him and go, oh, get out of church. Church is not for you. Church is fake. God isn't real because look at all this stuff. He said, no, I'm going to hold on to God because if the disciples can't get the breakthrough, I'm going to wait for Jesus to show up. Anybody thankful that Jesus is in the house today? I want you to know Jesus has walked into this room today and there are miracles waiting to happen in this room. The minute Jesus showed up, he healed him. He answered his prayer, but if it didn't work the first time, watch this. If it didn't work the first time, but God wanted to do it, why didn't it happen? Wow, because that's where many of us are right now. I've been there. And what's crazy is as I'm preaching it to you, it's amazing how the enemy always tries to get me to get back to that place. Even though I know the answer and I'm preaching it to you. I wish there was an answer in the Bible to this question. Oh, wait a minute, there is. I think we find the answer in Daniel chapter 10. Rewind with me to the Old Testament. Daniel chapter 10, verse number 12. An angel appears to Daniel. In verse 12, the angel said to me, Do not fear, Daniel. From, from the first day you set your heart to understand, and you humbled yourself before God, your words, your prayers were heard. And I have come here because of your Words. Can I tell you something? God will not step into a situation he's not been invited to. God is a gentleman. He will never just show up and go, oh, you didn't ask for this miracle, but I, I really want to do this. No, no, no. God will not show up where faith is not present. God wants you to invite him into that situation. Invite him into that heartbreak. Invite him into that pain from abandonment. Invite him into that pain from that breakup. Invite him into that pain of that addiction. Invite him into that pain of that disease and that sickness. He wants you to open up your mouth and say, God, I know that you are a God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And today I need a miracle. And you did one before. I believe that you can do it again. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Daniel says, this angel came to me. And he says it's because of my words. And then verse 13, the, the angel says to Daniel, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. How many days? And so I had to get Michael, one of the chief princes. In other words, one of the big angels to come and help me for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now, hold on one second. Let me just teach you for something for a second. 
the kings of Persia were not human kings in the Middle East. These were not sheiks. These were not like oil tycoons. The princes of Persia were demonic strongholds in that region. Can I, can I teach you for a minute? Can I go there, Pastor Daniel? Can I just go a little bit deeper into this? Every region has a different stronghold. In other words, St. Louis may have some similar strongholds, but there are different strongholds in St. Louis than there are in Miami. That's why when I go preach in a new city, as we were landing in, this, in, in the airport before the tires hit the runway in St. Louis at Lambert, I pray, Lord, give us the keys to break strongholds of the demonic strongholds in St. Louis. Because it's different than what's in Miami. But we serve, serve the same power for God and the power-breaking God of strongholds wherever we go. And so I said, Lord, I, I need your anointing to communicate to your people because I don't know what the stronghold is. That's why some of us, we have family members, and we begin to make excuses and say, well, you know, my, my daddy always drank, my mom always drank, my grandparents always drank, I'm starting to drink. It's just, it's just how our family is. No, that's a demonic stronghold. That's a demonic stronghold to keep your family back. That's just not an addiction. That's a stronghold. That's a principality that needs to be broken. And God's calling you to break it. And so what this angel is saying, watch this. I'm, I'm going to reframe this. Daniel is praying for deliverance because the people have been slaves for 70 years. And Daniel is praying for freedom. Somebody shout freedom. freedom. Come on, somebody shout freedom. freedom. He's praying for freedom. He has a promise for freedom. But they're not free. So Daniel begins to pray for 21 days. Finally, an angel shows up and says, Hey, Daniel, the very first time you opened your mouth to pray, God answered your prayer. Okay, so what's up, God? How come we're still slaves? How come I'm still sick? How come there's still cancer in my body? How come I'm still broke? How come we're still fighting? In our, like, okay, where's the miracle? If God said yes, where's the miracle? And the angel tells Daniel... The problem is there is a demonic stronghold that's been keeping the miracle from getting to you. Mm, can, can I illustrate? I, I, need four, I need four people. I need four people. Who can I get? Okay. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. You got them? All right. Got one more. One more. Okay. Yeah, come on. All right. We got four people. Let's go. Come on. Can, can I illustrate this for you? Can I, can I just help you? Because I, I, I want to make sure you get this and you never forget it. Okay. Now, you guys are going to love this. Most of you, some, one of you is not because of who you're going to play. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. I, I, need, I need someone to represent Elevation Church. Okay. All right. I need you to stand right there and then just face me. Awesome. Okay. I need someone to be Jesus. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> Okay. I need someone to be Satan. Okay, all right, all right. All right, I just need you to kind of hang out back there for a little bit and just watch. Okay, here's what we think happens when we pray. You ready? Okay, what's your name? Samantha. Samantha. Okay, Samantha, I want you just to pray a very short prayer but a heartfelt prayer. Like what you would normally pray for yourself. Okay. Lord Jesus, I pray that you fill my heart with joy, peace, your love, your light. I pray that it would overwhelm my life. I pray that you'd be with me throughout my life, through every struggle. Lord, thank you for everything in my life. I'm so grateful for you. Holy Spirit, I'm grateful for you. God, I'm grateful for you. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. Wow, come on. Amen. The first service... We had like a prayer meeting right there. <laughs> oh, it was awesome. It's perfect. Samantha has prayed this prayer, and here's what we think happens. I'll be the prayer. The prayer goes to Jesus. Hey, Jesus. Because I'm from Miami. Jesus. Um, Jesus. Samantha is praying for joy. She's praying for peace. She's praying for comfort in her life. What do you think? And what we think happens 
is that Jesus goes, well, what's Samantha's attendance record at church this year? I mean, is she reading her Bible? What is she watching on Netflix? Is she on the dream team? Does she serve at church? I, I don't know. Maybe we should just wait a little bit. But let's, she needs to suffer a little bit so her faith can grow. That's what we think happens. But in Daniel, the angel said, as soon as you open your mouth, oh, somebody's going to get this, to pray. Okay, here we go. Samantha, let's go again. Pray the same prayer again. I don't know if I'll remember. <laughs> Lord God, I pray that you would fill my heart. As soon as she opened her mouth, Jesus said, Yes. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not even done praying yet. But Daniel said, as soon as you set your heart to understand what was going to come out of your mouth, because how many of you know, in her heart, she knew what she needed before she could vocalize it. So as soon as she turned and positioned her heart toward heaven and not toward her problem, toward heaven and not to the enemy she turned her heart toward heaven so go again lord god yes lord god yes you see the difference in what we think happens and what really happens so she goes lord god the prayer goes and jesus says yes when you pray jesus's answer is yes so here's what happens i'm the prayer boom jesus commissions me to go back here comes the miracle She's praying for it. She's praying for joy. She's praying for comfort. So here I come. I'm going to be joy. Woo! This is joy. Party! The miracle is coming for her life. The healing is coming for her life. The deliverance, the salvation, the promotion, the unexpected blessings of God, the text message just to encourage her to keep going. The miracle's coming. And all of a sudden, boom. Oh, easy. <laughs> this is a strong man right here. <laughs> okay, no, it's good. Go. I'm coming. The miracle's coming. And Scripture says that the prince of Persia. Time out. L let me talk to you about something I know your pastors have talked to you about. This is called spiritual warfare. In other words, the enemy does not want you to see the miracle of God in your life. Why? Because if Samantha gets what she prays for, her faith is going through the roof. And now she's going to tell her mom, she's going to tell her friends, you're not going to believe what my God has done. And guess what? Her friends are going to want some of that. So if you don't think the enemy tries to block your prayers, this is why. Because the enemy comes in and Scripture says there is a stronghold. That is keeping the miracle from getting to Samantha. And so here is where many of us get tired. Watch this. So she's praying. She's believing. She's coming to church. And now it's February. Now she's getting exhausted from praying. She's getting tired from carrying that burden. I just don't know if I want to go to church this Sunday. It's snowing outside. It's a little bit better. I'm able to just watch online, which we love it if you watch it online. But there's nothing like being in the house. Come on, somebody. And I'll just time out the whole thing here just to say the proof of that is I'm as the pastor, I'm leaving here so much more encouraged than when I came because I'm around you. Stay in church. So she's not seeing it. And so she says, well, I guess that God doesn't want to do the miracle. I still believe in God, but I'm not going to have that kind of crazy faith. So she stops praying. And what happens is, watch this. There's spiritual warfare, but this going forward depends on Samantha's prayers. And when she stops praying, the miracle gets returned to sender. What if there are a whole lot of miracles that God's already said yes to that are already waiting for you to engage in battle. I believe just like a faucet that gets clogged 
I believe that there is a, a, a direct path that has been clogged because of spiritual breakthrough, and we thought it was that God didn't care or God didn't want it, and we just got tired of it. But they are waiting for a Christian at Elevation Church in St. Louis to turmoil and to grind and to grin in prayer to say, God, I know your word says you want to give me all the desires of my heart that you've called me to be the head and not the tail. You want my life to be pressed down, shaken together and running over. And until I see what you said, until I see what you said, I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep going to e-group. I'm going to keep tithing. I'm going to keep serving. And I'm going to keep digging in my prayer closet. And so now what happens? Samantha says, no, I am not going to quit praying because I know what God's word says. So now Samantha gets mad at the devil. Yeah. <laughs> so Daniel says, okay, we're still slaves. I'm going to pray for 21 days. So he digs into prayer. So he, Samantha starts praying again. She starts praying, and man, boom, that miracle's trying to get through. And the angel told Daniel, I kept trying to deliver the miracle for 21 days, but I couldn't get because the stronghold was too strong. Okay, time out. Watch this. There are some strongholds in St. Louis that were established hundreds of years ago. There are some strongholds in your family that you did not let them in your family name. But they've been there for generations. It's not that God doesn't hear your prayers. It's not that God doesn't answer and your prayers aren't strong enough. It's just that some of these strongholds have been there a hot minute. And so you're praying against something that's generational. Come on, am I talking to anybody? Come on, am I talking to anybody by, at home? Come on. And it's generational. But the power of a fervent person is powerful and effective to avail much. And so as Samantha keeps praying, God goes, wait a minute, I've got a believer who actually believes my word. I've got a believer who's more than a Sunday morning Christian just to check off a box. I've got a believer who's ready to take the Word of God and put it into action. And so God sees Samantha praying and fasting. And so the angel goes, hey, 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 we need some reinforcements in here. And in the book of Daniel, the angel says, I had to call Michael. Now, who is Michael? He is the gangster of heaven. Come on, somebody. Michael is like, he's like, the, he's the bad guy. And he's a good guy, but you know what I mean? He's like, he's like the, the angel who's like ready for war. And so here's the stronghold. Here's the spiritual warfare. And Jesus says, Michael, get him. So then Michael shows, look at this. <laughs> hey, do whatever you want to do. <laughs> and he takes and removes the stronghold and the miracle yeah. enters her life come on somebody come on give it up for them give it up for them thanks man pastor what what are you saying what, what are you saying to me what I'm saying is we are not praying to convince God to be on our side he's already on your side God's not waiting for you to do a checklist of religious duties and things. He's not waiting for you to, 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 to buy a new journal and just, uh, okay, last year I didn't fill it up, but this year I, no, 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 no. What God is waiting for is he's waiting for a believer to realize that we are in a spiritual warfare. The enemy hates the calling on your life. Pastor, I don't have a calling. The fact that you are breathing in this room is evidence that yours a calling on your life. Are you kidding me? Out of 8 billion people on the planet, you're here. We're here here there is a purpose for you living he could have given those fingerprints to anyone but he gave them to you you're more than a nine to five you're more than just a house in the suburbs you're more than an apartment on the third floor there is a purpose and a calling for your life and the enemy is afraid of it and if he can't get you to turn your back on God then he wants you just to be complacent you just sit there and be a quiet little Christian. 
and pray your little bedside prayers and your, your dinner prayers. Now I lay me down to sleep. No, 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 no. There's so much more. Yeah. Pastor, prove it to me. Come on, someone say, someone say prove it, Pastor. <laughs> Ephesians 6.12 says, For we do not wrestle against your mother-in-law. It doesn't say that. Preacher, it doesn't say that. I know. It's called a joke. <laughs> Some man just said amen. His wife's like, hey, hey, easy. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. You don't wrestle against your boss. Your spouse is not your enemy. The people who did you wrong are not your enemy. Your brother who did you wrong is not your enemy. Your parent who walked out is not your enemy. But we wrestle against principalities, church. Against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. You see, what Scripture is saying is this. Some of the greatest aspects of being a Christian have been blocked by spiritual warfare. And if you and I will engage, you will see the supernatural in your life. Does anybody believe it? Somebody say yes. Come on, somebody say yes. Yes. Number two, write this down, write this down. So God wants to do something significant in a breakthrough. But number two, something needs to be broken. In Miami, they sell these coconuts on the side of the road all over the place. And, and, and you, you go and you can like put like a straw in it and drink this like fresh like coconut milk. It's, it's awesome. It's wonderful. But what's amazing is, is that these, these people, these vendors on the side of the road and at the beach and stuff, they'll have like, like this machete. And they do it partly for the show, but they'll put this coconut here and they'll take this machete and whap, boom. They'll cut like the tip of it off so you can put the straw in. And, and, and I, I just thought like it's amazing that in order to get to the sweetness of the coconut, something has to be broken. And it's the same thing in our faith. Watch this. In order to get to the best part about being a Christ follower, something has to be broken. There has to be a breakthrough. I can tell you in my life, it has been a series of breakthroughs of praying and believing praying and believing and then I see God show up and miracles happen and I'm like my God I'm so thankful that I did the work of praying and fasting to get a breakthrough something has to be broken does anybody believe that miracles are real today I believe it my mother was dead my mother had a massive heart attack. She was dead, and we began to pray, and we began to believe. And my dad called people on a prayer line, and we just began to have faith and prophesy and speak over her body because, we remember, we create worlds with our words, and we begin to say, thank you, God, that my mother is healed. Thank you that her, her heart is going to beat again. Thank you, God, that there's something powerful happening in her life so that when she had her open heart surgery, watch this. The CEO of Baptist Hospital, she's watching right now, and she would smack me down if this isn't the truth. The CEO of Baptist Hospital said, I want to see this woman when she wakes up. And the doctor's like, not only is she awake, but she's already walking around the hospital. He flew in on his private jet just to see her, and he says, you are a miracle. Can I go another step further? My son, the doctor said he was going to die and to abort him because he was missing organs. We went full term, and guess what? He's alive. He plays basketball. He is healthy because we begin to speak the word of God. Pastor, what was that? That was spiritual warfare. There's an anointing on my son, and the enemy wanted to snuff him out. But we said, no, devil. We're coming after you. And we begin to break through. The enemy doesn't want you to be happily married. He just wants you to coexist and to be roommates. But we're going to break through. He doesn't want your family engaged in church. So we're going to break through. Something has to be broken. Let me ask you this question, church. What needs to be broken in your life? I know what needs to be broken in mine. Oh, I know what needs to be broken in mine. I, I've been in a series of just breakthroughs and breakthroughs and breakthroughs and breakthroughs. Something needs to be broken, but number three, and I'm going to close with this if the team would come up. 
you have to understand it won't break itself. Breakthrough will not just happen. Well, if I just wake this thing out a little bit, it'll get better. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't do this very often. And this is, we're family. Are we family? And I don't know you in the hat in the back, bro. I'm not saying this to embarrass you at all. But there is an anointing on your life, man. Like I see it, dude. God's hand is all over you. He's all over you. I'm saying that to affirm it. In this church, I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know where you're from. I don't know whatever, but dude, there's something strong on your life, man. Something strong on your life. Something strong on it. Like identifies like. And what you're seeing up here, I'm telling you, there's something similar on you. I see it. I don't say that. I, don't, I, I never disrupt the service. The entire time I'm preaching, it's like there's been a spotlight on you, dude. Man, God's got big. Just watch. Just watch what he does. I'm getting teared up saying it, dude. It's so real. The breakthrough won't break itself. Watch this. In your family, your family's not just going to get better. You're going to have to go to war for it. This church, man, there's a revival on this church. Look, we're, we're packed out. This church is packed out right now. But guess what? Guess what? Guess what? God wants to blow the walls out of this place. I see bigger buildings, Pastor Daniel. I see bigger buildings. Buildings. But the enemy's not just going to give you bigger buildings. Not in St. Louis. No way. No, 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 no. He wants to keep this town locked down. With all the divides and all the strong. He wants, he wants people to live in torment in St. Louis. It's not going to break itself. Watch this. What's so crazy is God had promised his people on the 70th year, I will deliver you from slavery. And when we pick this up in Daniel chapter 10, it is now the 70th year and they're still slaves. What blows my mind is that Daniel is the only one who is praying for their freedom. An entire nation. Imagine America, entire nation of America. And we're supposed to be, God gave us a promise that on this year, what's today's date? January 8th. On January 8th, we are going to be free. And now it's January 8th and we're still slaves. And only one person in all of America is praying, God, wait, wait, why are we still why are we still laying bricks for these slave masters? Why are we still malnourished? You promised that this would be the day we'd be free. Why was no one else praying for their freedom? An entire nation and only one man. Here's the reason why. It's because they had been in bondage for so long that they had forgotten the promises of God. And listen to me. Satan will never remind you of what God has promised you. So if you forget what God spoke, if you forget the promises of God, or if you don't know what God has already spoken to you through his word. Pastor Daniel, Pastor Gretchen, have a heart that you'd be people of his word this year. Do you know why you need to know God's word? Because when you don't know what to pray, you can begin to pray the word of God. Oh man, some of the most powerful prayers are already written in the word of God. Like what, pastor? How about like 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4? When you feel discouraged, when you feel depressed, when you feel beat down, when you feel like, God, what are you doing? You can pray 2 Corinthians 10. God, I know that the weapons of my warfare are not human. But what you are doing is you're doing something mighty. And God, I thank you that you're pulling down strongholds. You see how you pray the word of God and make it personal? You're pulling down these strongholds. You're pulling down drugs. You're pulling down alcoholism. You're pulling down pornography. You're pulling down all of these things in my life. You're pulling down depression. You're pulling down the dependence on these prescription pills. You're pulling it down, God. You're pulling it down. You're pulling down my anger issues. You're pulling it down. You're pulling down poverty from my family. You're pulling it down. 
and we will cast down every argument what does that mean every voice in your head telling you that God's not real that God doesn't love you that God doesn't care I'm casting that down in everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and I will bring every one of my thoughts into captivity and make my be obedient to Christ did you know you don't have to be a slave to your own thoughts I actually have an intentional habit in my life out loud and Kristen will say like what'd you say I'm like oh nothing I'm just talking to myself and sometimes I'll be at a, I've been at a red light and like the Holy Spirit like and I like I go into like full gangster mode in Jesus at a red light I'm like devil not today and I look over and people are looking at me and like you know probably Instagram me like look at this crazy guy at the red light I don't care I don't care because I, I've learned to talk to my thoughts hey David no 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 you're not gonna think that I take that thought captive I'll say that. Come on, you need to get this. You need to get this. This is a game changer for someone in this room. No, I take this thought captive, and I'm going to make it obedient to Christ. No, no, it's not always going to be this way. I make it obedient to Christ. Just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean that God said no. Something needs to be broken in your life today, church in our lives today in your family some of us need a breakthrough from our past some of us need to forgive people you can never go where God's taking you if you're always looking in the rearview mirror looking at the past can I say something some of you need to forgive yourself you may be where you're at today not because of what someone did but because of what you did and you live with regret and resentment and God wants to free you of that today let it go he's already let it go he's already forgiven you and God can pick us up where we are listen to me today God can pick you up where you are if you've been running far from God you're like man this is okay but I'm so far from God this is maybe for the Christians that have been at church for a while no 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 this is for you he can pick you up wherever you are and say let's go Jesus today we know that there needs to be a breakthrough but we also know it's not going to break itself so God what you're looking for today is you are looking for a man a woman in this room a young person who's fired up a, a grandmother a grandfather Lord a wife a husband you're looking for someone to contend for what already belongs to them. God, I thank you that we don't have to come to you and be like beggars and beg you for the miracle. As soon as our heart understood what we wanted to communicate with our mouth, the answer was yes. Man, I feel such a sweet presence of God here. Here's what I want to ask to close. If you're here today and you say, Pastor David, Man, this was for me today. I've been believing God for some things and I haven't seen it. And today I'm ready to fight for it. What's so funny is some of you were scrappers before you got saved. Man, you knew how to fight. And we believe this lie that being a Christian is some pillow-hugging, rainbow-chasing, kumbaya-singing thing. But the Bible says this, that the righteous take it by force. Oh, man, if you were a fighter before you knew Jesus, you need to be a fighter now that you know Jesus. We just fight differently. Now we know we're not fighting against people or political parties or different preferences. and We're not fighting against ethnicities. No, 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 no. No, no, we are fighting against something bigger and deeper that's keeping us from God's best. So, Pastor, today I, I want to fight for what I know that I believe that God can do. Maybe you're here today, and you're just, you've come in, and Pastor Daniel said it, you're barely hanging on. Oh, I feel that, I feel that. There's some of you, you're barely hanging on today. Jesus wants you to know he's got you. There's enough gas in your tank to pray one more prayer. 
to fight one more day. You're closer to your breakthrough than you could think of or imagine. Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm going to ask you to do something right now. And, and, and it may seem weird. It may seem strange to you. But I have a feeling that it's going to be almost everyone in this room. And on the count of three, if that is you, that you want to fight for the miracle of God. Or even you say, I, I need prayer just that God will help me to be strong. Because I feel weak. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And right then when I say that, some of you are like, hey, I'm not going to stand. Well, what are people going to think? Who cares what people are going to think? Who cares? Are you kidding me? Since when did we think that church is for the perfect people? If you go to an emergency room, everybody's sick. You don't go to an emergency room and they call someone's name. You're like, oh my gosh, look at them. They're sick. No, you're, in the, you're sick too. the church, this place right here, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to show up on a Sunday and go, hey, I'm struggling. Hey, I'm hurting. It's okay not to be perfect because you know what? The reality is starting from the preacher up on this stage down to whoever's in this room, walking through the hallways, we are all sick and we all needed a savior. But guess what? We're all being healed. We're all being redeemed. We're all being restored. We're all being filled with power. We're all being filled with the Holy Spirit. We're all being prospered. Come on, in Jesus' name. So if you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I need strength, or I want to continue to fight for what I know God has said. Yes, on the count of three, I want you to shoot up to your feet with boldness. One, two, three. Come on, if that's you, stand to your feet right now. Yeah, 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 all across this room. All across this room. I'm standing with you. Yeah. With us standing to our feet, I want to ask one more question. With every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, Pastor David, would you pray for me? I, I don't know that I, I have a relationship with Jesus. I know about him, but I'm not sure that I know him. Maybe you've prayed a prayer like this before, but you know you've drifted. If you were honest with yourself, and you were honest with God, you're not walking with Jesus. I want you to know that's okay. I'm not saying that as a judgment or condemning. I'm just saying that's a reality. You know that's where you are. I'm not where I should be with God. But you know what, Pastor David? I don't want to start 2023 that way. So Pastor David, would you pray for me today that Jesus would come into my life. He would forgive me of my sins. And I want to know that I know that I know that if I were to die today, I would go to heaven. That seriously, beyond death, I want to know that I know that I know that I have a best friend. I have an advocate. I have a savior. Pastor, would you pray for me? If that's you, with no one looking around, no one looking around, if that's you on the count there, I want you to lift your hand. One, two, three, go. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. 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 Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah. Eleven. Thank you. Come on. You're worth waiting for. Come on. Anybody else? I want to include you in this. Twelve. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Can we all pray this prayer out loud? Everyone, whether you raise your hand or not, can we pray this? Say, Jesus, today I ask you, to be my Lord and Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. And Jesus, today, I promise from this day forward, I will walk with you. But I'm going to need your strength because the world is crazy. Temptation's real. There are strongholds. But I commit to you that if you give me the strength, I'm yours. Now everyone in this room, repeat this. Say, Jesus, I thank you that you give me the strength to break through every stronghold in my life. And I declare in Jesus' name that I'm going to break through to see the miracle in my family, in my mind, in my life, in my finance, and I give you all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. 
Amen and amen. Come on, somebody needs to shout and celebrate. Give God praise in Jesus' name. Come on. Thank you. Do you guys get anything from that? Yeah. Jesus. Well, hey, we, we're going to sing one more song. Um, but I'm telling you, as Pastor was preaching, I had something come on me that I just have to share. Um, there's somebody, and I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're online. I don't know if they've already left. Um, but this whole message was hard because you're at a place in your life where you can't even believe that God could do a miracle. Like you're not even there yet. Like you can, you, you, there's a part of you that wants to believe that. But like this whole thing is like, yeah, whatever. Like I'm not sure. And here's what I'm gonna ask you to do because I just had this, this impression as we were praying and worshiping and it was that if you can't believe God for the miracle, like you're not there yet, could you believe that he actually cares? Like just, just right there. Like if you could just believe that he cares. Because if you'll start with that, if you'll start with he cares, he'll get you to the miracle. Because I, because I, sometimes it's so far beyond. We've been hurt so bad. We've been so disappointed by the by by this world, by the lack of answers, by the by the strongholds that stand it. Guys, you've been so broken by it that you're not even sure he's good. And so I'm just asking you today, if if you're hearing this and that's for you then you would just receive it and know this 100 the bible is clear on this that he cares and if you think he doesn't you look at the cross of jesus christ and you see as clear as you possibly can because i don't know any father that would give his son if he didn't care and so if you can believe that today you can get to your miracle I believe that 100%. And so, guys, if you receive that, just receive it. But we're going to spend just a moment worshiping. I know some of you are like, oh, man, I got to get to the Golden Corral. Just relax. Isn't it interesting how God? we think God works on our timetable? Some of you all are like, yes, he does. But could we just take a moment and worship our king? Because he's worthy of it. Let's declare Let's declare with this worship song that God is for us. He's not against us and that he is a rock that we can stand on. In Jesus' name. All right, let's, let's sing together. Come on.